Right, hello everybody. It is Thursday, the 6th of January. Um, as you can guess, well, actually, you can't guess yet. You don't know what's going to happen. So, <laughs> it's, uh, I just realized when I decided to do this, I'm basically making the changes again on this website. So we're going back to basics. Um, the video podcast, the regular Monday to Friday video podcasts, are back in a traditional way because. A couple of months ago, when we guys, when we all decided to kind of try and fight back, thanks to your support on YouTube, um, we thought because I got a lot of feedbacks and a lot of emails from you guys, uh, thought that it's best to turn this website into the kind of exclusive interviews and longer discussions and that sort of stuff. Uh, but things that you know we just don't do on YouTube. And I realized actually the problem with that was that there have been a lot of days that a uh, guest that we organized uh, to bring on the channel. The schedule changed that and for various reasons there have been a lot of days that we just didn't have content because there was no interview and i thought initially i thought that was a good idea um but then i kept getting emails and i realized well why not take it back to the monday to friday um so there'll be days when we w- would have a guest and there'll be days if you don't have a guest and i could just go back to your normal podcast kind of format mainly because i know obviously some of you are watching it well you're looking at my face right now but there are a lot of people actually on this website just listen to the podcast so they when you scroll down the final option the bottom of the page is uh, the audio version so i know that a lot of people just listen and walk and listen to me ranting so i thought it's best to take it back to the kind of traditional podcast format for you guys and um, we still have gonna have visual graphics for you guys as well in case you're watching it but i'll have to kind of describe it for people who are listening um but that's that's the reality but the reason i say it's funny that today um usually we think you start this from the beginning of the month or a monday it just happened to be thursday the 6th of january which is the anniversary of the capitol hill chaos <laughs> so i'm going to give you the a quick um bullet points what we're going to do today uh, we're going to well we're also bringing back the q a's because i'm still getting a lot of questions emailed but actually on the members full membership page uh, the box at the top of the page a lot of people are still sending um, the questions that's i'm going to answer those questions at the end um bullet points so i'm going to talk about Djokovic, the tennis player and the issue with the australian government that's just absolutely nonsensical at this point and also newsweek the publication that claimed that uh, john stewart was anti-semitic against uh, J.K. rowling sure and also, of course, 6th of January. Let's talk about the anniversary of Biden. Uh, and finally, uh, Macron and Trudeau, the divisive narrative. So let's quickly start and talk about Djokovic. Yes, uh, let's talk about uh, this guy. the One of the best, actually, in my opinion. The best, no, second best tennis player in the world. Um, <laughs> I'm still a federal guy, uh, but so uh, this guy who is now stuck in Australia because they claim that there is a complication when it comes to understanding his uh, status when it comes to vaccination exemption. So a lot of people who would be exempt from the vaccines, uh, of course, they, they, I'm sure they have to go through some sort of medical note to confirm that or to kind of have some sort of backup option as evidence. The Australian government are so authoritarian now that uh, they don't care about that. So they've just banned him. His visa is now stuck. Uh, so he was detained and now they're going to um, deport him back to Serbia. 
uh, his family, specifically his father, went a bit crazy yesterday and he said that if you don't free my son we're going to take to the streets that was that was going to be absolutely amazing i wish that happened actually for the sake of chaos uh, but to be fair australia is not the only crazy country when it comes to borders uh, right now with covid because japan are one of the most very very restrictive and mean countries nobody talks about japan no one knows Exactly. Not many people know the situation with the borders with Japan. So essentially, since 2020, consistently, apart from certain periods where they try to be more relaxed, no one can get into Japan. External borders just completely shut down. Unless you're from Japan, you can leave Japan, you come here, and then you could go back to Japan. That's a bit not unfair, <laughs> so they can come out and they could go back to their countries. But uh, if you have to go to Japan for some reason, you're banned. Uh, Australia is also going completely crazy. There is a problem because there is a, there is a few a lot of people who should be exempt from uh, vaccines. Uh, some circumstantial, um, depending on what the situation is, pregnancies, things like that, depending on what sort of vaccine, uh, and some just long term permanent. Don't alienate everybody. This is the debate that we have, and I'm going to discuss it when I get to the point with uh, Macron and Trudeau uh, in terms of the, the tier-based society. Uh, don't create that mob rule culture because if you want to change people's minds, this is not how you do it. From day one, I believe the establishment lost that debate. The whole battle with, uh, well, there will always be a few kind of people who are skeptical, hesitant. And there's always a few people who just would never take any vaccine. That's different. But when it comes to the COVID vaccine, it, they could have handled it a lot better and try to come bring more evidence, scientific evidence to kind of convince people, make them feel better, uh, and also be honest about the side effects. They completely ignored the discussion on side effects uh, up to a point where when you don't talk about it, then people would think about it more. Say, well, there's a reason they're hiding it because there must be more side effects than we know. Because uh, obviously in terms of the uh, the heart issues, that's one of the main ones. Uh, but even that, which is quite public now, not many scientists from the government side are confirming that or discussing it because they think, oh, that's not going to help. You've already got the majority of country vaccinated anyway. So just chill, just calm down. Um, that's a Djokovic situation. And I think it's bad. I have, my theory is they, we, they, we, they were using this guy uh, to kind of use as an example to kind of create this fear that even a rich celebrity tennis player could be taken down by us if uh, we want to. So imagine what they would do to ordinary people um, if they did this to Djokovic. That's that's the narrative essentially. And if that if that was their reasoning, then it, it's kind of worked. There's a lot, a lot of people are now freaked out about even getting close to Australia. So that's, that's one point, but there's a lot of issues right now when it comes to everything else uh, in the country, in the West in general, there's a lot of uh, divisive uh, topics, and that, that takes us back to uh, what we mentioned earlier. It's not just about vaccines or COVID, you know, it's, it's, a, it's becoming such a boring thing. It's been about well, two years now, we keep talking about the same thing. But there's a lot of other things that's still divisive, there's a lot of things that's uh, causing the dam a lot of damage to our Western civilization. One of them is this issue that's created, I'm going to call it the J.K. Rowling topic because it's not even about the trans lobby anymore. Um, so J.K. Rowling, who is a feminist, who believes that women are women, 
um, is now a big target for the liberal left uh, and the trans lobby, uh, saying that, oh, no, she's, she's transphobic. And uh, so it's, you know, it just got ups and downs. She's been basically semi-cancelled. And anybody in the press, the gossipy press and media, if they could find any story that's related to J.K. Rowling, they use it. Because they're like, oh, let's cause drama. We're going to sell. Drama sells. This time, didn't really work out. Although, I think it's worked out because a lot of people don't know how it got debunked. Jon Stewart, uh, who is a is a host in America, and comedian, and uh, an actual liberal, but not too crazy liberal. Um, I, I disagree with a lot of things he said, but actually he also doesn't like this woke stuff, and he attacks the woke culture. He came out, basically, a Newsweek article, the headline story was that uh, um, John Stewart it was anti-Semitic against uh, J.K. Rowling, um, saying well, saying that J.K. JK Rowling was anti-Semitic, so, <laughs> because he was talking about Harry Potter and some characters were, well, bank clerks were treated as uh, seen as goblins and yeah, and basically everybody thought, well, yeah, he's saying that J.K. Rowling was anti-Semitic. Now <laughs> we discovered that he's come out to clarify what actually happened. Essentially, he was just having, a, again, he's a comedian. He was having a light-hearted conversation with a few friends. And it wasn't even that direct. He was just talking about how interesting certain things were in uh, Harry Potter. And that came out as a joke. Uh, he never actually accused her of being anti-Semitic. So he's now, he had to come out to defend himself. And the irony is, imagine being cancelled by attacking someone who's already been cancelled. <laughs> Now that that's that's the funniest part of it, uh, but Newsweek is a this this situation is a perfect example of right now all the issues that we're now facing in the West, all the drama is actually part of it is because of money, and money and power. So media fear sells, drama sells, and they don't really consider the boundaries, the line that. You should not cross the line. Feel free to sell your fear and drama, but sometimes realize that if you go too far, there's a damage to society and you can't really reverse it. Now, speaking of damage to society, last year, on 6th of January, uh, when we had Biden um, and Trump, the whole situation where the Capitol Hill riots happened and with a massive crowd, and then, if, like a smaller chunk of them, idiots decided to go in. The number of reasons there've been a lot of investigations around it, uh, in terms of infiltration, in terms of again percentage of people who uh, the majority were just marching, and then they also ended up going home anyway, uh, and actually was peaceful. But then that small chunk uh, who went in and actually caused trouble, uh, which should be condemned obviously, and was the problem here was that the American left used that as a as, as a, some sort of dark example of this was our 9-11 and actually you think I'm kidding I'm gonna bring it up I'm gonna let me just go on Twitter because Kamala Harris literally said earlier what did she say there we go yeah she compared <laughs> 6th of January last year to Pearl Harbor and 9-11 that's not a joke that that's what she thinks well she doesn't think that she just used it to great fear and drama again it's been a year it's the anniversary and all day and actually it's just the beginning because uh, i'm recording it's around 3 p.m right now america hasn't woken up properly yet uh, so expect more from the democrats they are gonna have a lot of fun today 
they are gonna make this anniversary a huge deal. They're gonna basically, again, compare it to 9-11, compare it to the Pearl Harbor, and, which is disgusting. Two examples of where a lot of people died, and, and also the intention of them. It's just absolutely disgusting. That's one problem. Second issue is this whole, uh, of course they're gonna use it as, as ammo against uh, Trump. That's gonna backfire because the more they remind people of Trump, that he exists, the more they're doing advertising for Trump. That's just a bit embarrassing. The best thing they could do, they should do, is just completely ignore Trump. Yeah, but the more they talk about him, the, the more of a well, big, bigger monster they create out of him, the more ordinary people miss him and realize eh, he wasn't. He was not a perfect man, but he's, he was not a monster monster. So that is why the left are absolutely terrible and always go with counterproductive policies and narrative. Now, narrative, that's counterproductive, reminds me of these two idiots, Macron and Trudeau, France and Canada. This is a quick one. Both of them have gone very, very divisive when it comes to uh, vaccinated and unvaccinated. Both of them are now saying that the unvaccinated should be treated as non-citizens. And we're going to have to completely alienate them, piss them off, and just completely just make their life very, very hard. Is it? Do they really think that's how they're going to convince them to take the vaccine? I'm, I'm genuinely concerned right now to kind of, the, in terms of the intelligence or lack of intelligence of our political leaders. Because in terms of peer pressure, in terms of bluffing to convince people, scare, scaring people, there is a limit. Like in this country, when Boris Johnson decided to do this uh, recent tiny measures and with the threat of uh, vaccine passports, you know what? You know what? I'll be honest. It kind of worked for a lot of people. It did work for a lot of people who did like, oh, sh oh God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually book my vaccine now. Fine, I'll do it. But it's mo it mostly works for people who are okay with the vaccine and they're just lazy. And like, oh, fine, I'll, I forgot to book my vaccine before. I'll actually do it now. If you actively, as a political leader, come on TV and say, I'm going to treat you as a non-citizen going forward until you take your vaccine. Do you think that's going to happen? I, it, this is the beginning. The reason I brought these two up is because this is so dangerous, what these two are doing. It, it, it will actually start a dark trend towards real authoritarianism. These two will accidentally end up destroying their democracies. They have no idea what they're doing. And these are the so-called liberal, centrist liberal leaders. And, you know, actually maybe... Ronald Reagan was right when he said that the the actual authoritarian and dictatorship will end up coming from the liberal left and Democrats and, you know, of course, in America. He was right. And this is why the right has a moral responsibility to fight back, to stop this trend. But we have to maybe find a new way because until now, our method of just exposing them and debunking their nonsense hasn't worked. Maybe we should just find a way like them, manipulate the political left to make them realize that you will accidentally be the Hitler that you're trying to avoid. We'll see if they would do anything like that or not. So that's that. A couple of questions that I'm going to quickly answer because if, if you're going to do this daily, then I'm just going to do short questions. Uh, Peter says, will, Manchester, will the Manchester tour be ticketed? Yes, sir. To be fair, the way things are going, I think we can do the Manchester tour. So we're going to have as you guys remember, a few months ago, Freedom Day, we were going to do a big event with me and Nigel Farage in London. 
uh, and that was ticketed, uh, but of course, pandemic happened. We had to cancel, postpone that. Uh, but and I've been t ranting about this tour, the Tusi tour, for a long time. We're going to start in Manchester, twenty sixth of January. That means I'm going to have to stop advertising it very, very soon. Uh, it will be free. It's a thank you uh, for all the support that you guys have been giving me, uh, so and the whole team. So twenty sixth of January, Manchester will be a small gathering. Uh, that will be free. I'm going to hopefully advertise it soon. Because obviously you guys have a, you guys have a life. You can't just <laughs> wait for me to like organize it last minute. Uh, but then, and then hopefully we'll kind of keep going regularly. Probably once a month or probably less. Sandra, how come illegal migration as a topic has not become a crisis in the eyes of the media and most people? You know what? That's that's a good point because today we had sixty six new migrants illegally coming. That's the first time in 2022. Uh, last day was the 27th of December and it stopped because the people smugglers took a break to celebrate Christmas. <laughs> and uh, But the, the market demand is so high that they had to bring back their operation regardless of the weather in winter. So it, it's a market, you know, it's, it's illegal, but it's still a market that is supply and demand. And whether you like it or not, this is a situation where the French government don't really care about going after the people smugglers uh, because their operation means that more migrants move from France. That's not a bad thing for the French government. Uh, in this country, we have no idea what's going on exactly with Priti Patel. So, um, but yeah, it should be a bigger crisis in terms of numbers, but the media, I think it's not just because the media uh, aren't really covering it in that sense. It's actually because COVID is still a big distraction. If COVID stops, you know, the phase out eventually, which should be hopefully soon, uh, then you would see things like the migration, illegal migration actually as a crisis. Even the media will be forced to cover it because they need something. They need the drama. If COVID goes, they have to create drama. Maybe that's when they we're going to realize that the number of illegal migration has a, it should be a massive crisis, but it doesn't seem to be apparently. Okay, Adrian says, don't you think that Boris has ended up being a bit better than other leaders regarding COVID lockdown policies. Technically, like right now, this phase, like last few weeks, a month or so, yeah. Because when you compare it to Austria, Netherlands, uh, Netherlands, full lockdowns, Germany, France, divisive, weird stuff, Australia, still crazy, even Israel. Technically, yeah. I mean, the worst that we have here in England is uh, face masks. Uh, and uh, so if you ignore the devolved administrations, Wales and Scotland, because if they were not devolved, then the policy for England will be the policy for the UK. Because uh, we're talking about Boris Johnson's policies, not Sturgeon or Drakeford. Uh, so that means we're going to have to basically just talk about England, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think it's because uh, there is no appetite. Uh, he knows that because they go with focus groups and opinion polls. Even they realize that people are just they're not going to take it things seem to be so good and okay here with everything in terms of the rate, in terms of the vaccination, in terms of, again, new cases and also hospitalization, that you can't, people are not as scared anymore. They are culturally scared, so you can still see people walking around on their own with a face mask outside, but that's just culturally scared. It's not the same as actual fear. It's kind of hardwired, become addicted to fear. Um, but doesn't mean that Boris is now the best leader. Don't forget, <laughs> there's a bigger problem here. And I think what could bring him down is uh, if if the UK moves away from COVID and lockdown, so Boris would be like, hey, I'm the winner. That's not a good thing for him because that means that he's now going to be 
people are now going to focus on his other problems. His other weaknesses will be exposed, including the legal migration and including the economy and all the empty promises and Brexit, Brexit um, trade deal. So actually, in fact, when COVID goes, he's going to be in more trouble when people start thinking about all of his other flaws and uh, shortcomings. That's my opinion. We'll see how it goes. Right. I hope you enjoyed this. I know it was a uh, very ranty because you're not used to it. You're used to me kind of doing the whole short kind of uh, analysis. Uh, but um, for those of you who missed this kind of podcast format, um, unless we have a guest, I think tomorrow we're going to have a good guest for you guys. Uh, if we don't have a guest, I'm just going to have my normal quick bullet points, cover a few topics. And I'll try to keep it shorter than 20 minutes. Right now we've got to 20 minutes, but try to make it like, 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. And hopefully let me know. Give, give me feedback. Uh, send me emails and stuff. Let me know if you'd like this new format or not. Thanks guys for watching. And we're going to be back tomorrow, hopefully with a surprise guest. I'm not going to tell you who. Thanks guys.